0: Then Philip opened his mouth and, beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Acts chapter 8, verses 35 and 36. Some may say when we preach the gospel, just focus on Jesus Christ, just preach Jesus. But as we can see from the example of Philip and the reaction of the eunuch, when we preach Jesus to others, we would also speak about water baptism. The English word baptism originates from the Greek word baptisma, meaning plunging or washing in water. But what does the seemingly frivolous rite of water immersion have to do with the Lord Jesus Christ or with the good news of salvation? What's their relationship? This is what we will explore in this first video segment. We hope that you will continue with us through this series to learn about some Biblical truths concerning water baptism. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended on Him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. Jesus, when He began His ministry, was about 30 years of age. Luke chapter 3 verses 21 through 23. An immediate connection we see between Jesus and water baptism is at the start of His earthly ministry. Jesus began preaching about the Kingdom of God at around age 30. This ministry was inaugurated when Jesus Christ Himself received water baptism from John the Baptist. Scripture tells us that even though John the Baptist expressed his unworthiness to baptize Jesus Christ, Jesus insisted, quote, in order to fulfill all righteousness, unquote. In other words, the baptism of Jesus Christ was part of fulfilling the salvation plan of God. Another way we can gain insight into the connection between Jesus and baptism is through Jesus' words themselves. During His earthly ministry along with many other teachings, the Lord Jesus Himself made reference to the importance of receiving water baptism. On one occasion, Jesus was conversing with a man named Nicodemus and telling him of the necessity of spiritual birth in order to see the kingdom of heaven. Jesus later specified what he meant by that. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. John 3, verse 5. Essentially, Jesus tells Nicodemus that receiving water baptism is necessary for salvation. Some interpret water here to be speaking of natural birth or even referring to the Holy Spirit. But both interpretations would make Jesus' words of water redundant and add confusion to Jesus' statement. On the other hand, there is strong biblical support that the water spoken here refers to baptism. John had already made that association clear in the first chapter of his gospel, and baptism is the most straightforward interpretation within this context. Furthermore, Titus chapter 3, verse 5, which states we are saved through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit has a remarkable correspondence to what Jesus said to Nicodemus. The point here is that Jesus Christ spoke of the necessity of baptism early in His ministry. All who seek to enter the kingdom of God should receive water baptism. If we believe in Jesus, we believe also in His words. In another occasion, Jesus Christ had resurrected and was giving His followers some final instructions before He ascended to heaven. He said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Again, we see Jesus Christ speaking about baptism. In this case, Jesus commanded his followers to make disciples by baptizing them and teaching them to observe his commandments. Clearly, baptism is a core component of discipleship and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is all tied together. Now that we have seen a couple of Jesus' statements regarding baptism, let us now delve deeper into the connection between Jesus Christ and water baptism, namely in His death. Jesus' death is a vital part of the gospel message. Truly, He died so that we may live. But it also ties intimately with water baptism. True to his mission, Jesus Christ came into this world, taught about the kingdom of God, and brought to us grace and truth. However, he was eventually betrayed by one of his own and died in the most horrific way at that time, through crucifixion. This was the capital punishment of ancient Rome in which a person was nailed to a crossbar and wooden stake, shaped like a T or a cross. Typically, death came not because of blood loss, but by slow asphyxiation due to the difficulty of breathing with the arms fully extended. If one had not died in a timely fashion, Roman soldiers would break the person's legs to make the breathing even harder since he could no longer push up on his legs to relax his arms. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, the two criminals beside him had not yet died, so the soldiers broke their legs. But when the soldiers got to Jesus Christ, Seeing that he was already dead, they thrust a spear through his side instead. What followed was miraculous. Blood and water came out. The apostle John who witnessed the scene emphasized what he saw was true over and over. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. John 19, verses 34 and 35. What is the significance of the blood of Jesus and water flowing out? This miraculous mingling of blood and water is also what occurs when the church administers water baptism. The same apostle John who witnessed the blood and water at the cross also wrote the following passage. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood and the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree, 1 John 5, verses 6 through 8. The parallels between these verses and the crucifixion scene that he witnessed earlier are striking. It explains that whenever the church conducts water baptism, the Holy Spirit testifies that the blood of Christ is in the baptismal waters. For the Spirit and the water and the blood These three agree and testify. What an intimate relationship indeed. No wonder when Philip preached Jesus to the eunuch, he would preach about water baptism. Not only did Jesus Christ receive baptism and command baptism when he was on the earth, but his death and bloodshed is connected to the very baptism that he commanded. The finished work of Jesus Christ is therefore so intertwined with baptism that we cannot but talk about baptism when we share the Gospel of Jesus Christ.